Hello, everyone. You're listening to Unlocking Greatness Podcast with Zenja Glass. Feel free to call me Z. I want to talk about the subject matter of what about me? What about me? That's what I'm going to title this. God has really put it in my heart to study out the book of Haggai. And if you look at my Bible, I'm just going to hold it up really quickly. You'll see that literally everything is highlighted. You can barely read anything because there's notes all over it. Um, Haggai... Um, was a uh, a prophet. I think he was considered a minor prophet. Um, but Haggai is the one that was saying to um, the people who were returned from Babylon. Remember, they went into exile for about 70 years when uh, Jerusalem, you know, they were not listening. Um, they were disobeying the word of the Lord. Um, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar came in and basically uh, uh destroyed the temple, uh, uh, took all the people into exile for about 70 years. And, and then later the Persian empire took over, um, ran by Cyrus the Great and by King Darius and some other people. I don't want to get into all of that, but the point is, is that they allowed them to go back into their homeland. So imagine the people returning back and they've been back. If, if I remember correctly, a good 14, 15 years, I could be off on that point. So if you're a biblical scholar, correct me on that. But I think that they had returned for about 14 to 15 years. And this is the prophet Haggai calling out to them, basically saying, what about God? Everybody's so busy building their own paneled homes. Everyone's so busy going after what they want in life, being comfortable. Everyone's so busy building their, their own house. What about the house of God? So imagine this prophet calling out saying, wait a minute, what happened? The, the house of the Lord, the, the, the temple is extremely important. We're all busy with our own task and in our own lives and doing the things that makes us happy, making sure we're getting our homes and things together while his house remains a ruin. And then he goes on to say, so you wonder why I've called a drought. You wonder why that there's a drought on the grain and there's a drought on this and there's a drought on that. He basically says, you wonder why, and I'm paraphrasing, you wonder why you put money in pockets only for it to be put in a, a, in purses, only for it to be put in a purse with holes in it. So yeah, this is a little heavy today, but I got to say what God has put it in my heart to say is, and I almost feel in my spirit, it's almost as if God is saying, what about me? What about me? I've taken such good care of you and I've provided. But what about me? So let me just read. Haggai is a very short uh, book of the Bible. It's only a couple chapters. I think it's only, shoot, two chapters, in fact. So I just want you to sit and listen and, and let this soak in. Um, it starts off, it says, a call to rebuild the house of the Lord. Uh, in, in verse one, in the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shetel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come for the Lord's house to be built. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? He's talking about the temple that was destroyed where they go to honor God. In verse five. Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thoughts to your ways. You have planted much, but have harvested little. That's interesting. You eat, but never have enough. 
You drink but never have your fill. You, you put on clothes, but they're not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. I'm in verse eight now. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build the house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, saith the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you bought home, I blew away. Why? Declares the Lord Almighty, because my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with his own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their due and the earth is crops. My God. I'm in verse 11. I call for a drought on the fields and on the mountains, on the grain, on the wine, the oil, and whatever the ground produces on men and cattle and on the labor of your hands. My goodness. Then Zerubbabel, son of Shetel, Josiah, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord, their God, and the message of the prophet Haggai, because the Lord, their God had sent him and the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message um, uh, of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Jerusalem, son of Shetel, governor of Judah, and spirit of Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. They came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month in the second year of King Darius. So that's a lot. And that's not even the end of it. But let me just pause a second right there. Capture this. You were taken into captivity due to disobedience, following idols, worshiping other gods and all of that. Read all of Jeremiah because Jeremiah, God is just calling out. Please obey me. Please obey me. I don't want to punish you. I've done so much for you. How can you turn to other gods? Please, please, please obey me. Love me as I have loved you. It's another subject. Read Jeremiah, the whole thing, if you want. They didn't obey. So. King Nebuchadnezzar came in, took over, right? The Babylonians took over this whole thing. So for 70 years, they're in captivity. Now, the Persian Empire comes along, takes over the Babylonians. I won't go through all the history with it because I'm not a big history buff. But I know that Cyrus the Great and Darius basically took over. And they're like, hey, if you want to go back to your homeland, go, go do that. You guys can go back. Now, they weren't doing that just because they just, you know, they so in love with God. They knew how to build empires and, and they and they knew that that would be some good, strong territory to build. But that's another subject. Bottom line is they went back into their homeland. And I think it's 14, 15, 16, 17 years, give or take. They were there for a while focused on building their own homes, being comfortable, saying, I don't think it's time to rebuild a house of the Lord yet, doing their own thing. How does that relate to us? And I'm not casting judgments. I'm talking about even me myself. How does that relate to us? Can you see any similarities at all in terms of what's going on in the world right now? Now, keep in mind, I hadn't read the book of Haggai and I don't know how long, but from my quiet times, me spending really all day Friday and Saturday just at meditation and prayer, God led me to the book of Haggai and asked me to read it and to research it and to speak about it. Think about it for a moment. We can be so busy, focus on our own paneled houses, and God is sitting there like, what about me? I brought you back to your homeland. I've taken care of you. What about me? 
And I find it so interesting that he that he talks about how that he he basically everything that they tried to do, he allowed that drought to happen. You know, he says, uh, I'm not trying to discourage anybody. I'm just telling you what the word of God is saying. So don't get mad at me. Read your Bible and get mad at the Bible if you want to get mad at something. He says, you eat, but never have enough. I'm in verse six. You have planted much, but but have harvested little. Hmm. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. In other words, you you're not satisfied for one and two. Everything that 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 you're doing, I'm, I'm, I'm letting it blow away because I need you to acknowledge me because I'll give you this and more. I'm going to read about that in a minute. I'll give you what you're trying to get and more. I'll overflow your barns. That's the God that I serve. But the God that I serve needs to know. I need to know, can I get through you what I put in you? I need to know, can I trust you with the blessing? If I bless you with this company and I bless you to to do so well, can you still get your butt on camera and honor me and talk about me? Can you acknowledge me before the nations? If I if I give you that that thing you're going for, if I bless your career, if I bless you with the desires of your heart. Can I still trust you? Will you forget about me and and focus on your own place? Because it's more important that you got your yard together, your house together. You got your little, you're changing your paint colors in your house and you get new furniture and you got a nice ride and you're doing this and you're doing that. Where am I in it? I can almost feel God saying, where am I? I know you pray to me a little bit and I'm going to talk about that because they did a little something, something. You know, sometimes we do a little something, something. Well, I pray to God. Sometimes we do a little something and he's going to call them out on even that in the next chapter, which I'm about to read. Now, am I saying there's anything wrong with having nice things and having nice homes and living well? You guys know I'm not saying that at all. Come on. All I'm saying is what about what about God? What are you doing in your life? What service are you giving since we're asking so much of him always? What does he get? What about him? And if he does give you that one thing that you're praying for, are you going to remember him? Would you, would you still even be in prayer to him as much as you are now? Can, can, how does his house look? If you were in the, the spiritual, to close your eyes a second and picture your home where you live, whether it's fancy or not, really don't even matter. Picture your place. And now picture, let's just say, the house of the Lord, your service, your worship, your giving to God. How does his home look compared to how you're living? Are you building mansions for God? Or are we only concerned with our own mansions? I'm still in verse six. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. My God. Verse nine, you expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. Well, why did it turn out to be little? God, teach me what you bought home. I blew away. Well, God, why would you blow away what I bought home? I've heard so many people say, Z, I've been praying for years for God to do this or do that. Or I've been I did a lesson on um, 
hide. I think that's the one I did before this one. Are you willing to be hidden? If you haven't listened to that lesson, go back and listen to it. About if you want exposure, visibility, notoriety, you want people to know about your purpose, your products, your service, whatever it is. Are you willing to be hidden? Meaning, are you willing to hide away with your father and spend that time with him? You know, so many times we want what we want, you know, without without any concern of what is it that God wants in our lives. He says, what you blew, what, what you bought home, I blew away. Why would he do that? It's almost as if God is saying, if, 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 if I don't have no place in it, then I don't want nothing to do with it. You think you can go out there and build without me? Go try it. Go ahead. I will make your efforts. I, I, I There are literally actually scriptures in the Bible on this, but there's. God literally can frustrate our efforts, not because he doesn't love us, because he does love us. And he wants us to acknowledge him first. He says, what you bought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains a ruin while each of you is busy with his own house. My God, if that don't convict some people, I don't know what will. Therefore, because of, of, of you, the heavens have withheld their due and the earth is crops. I called. You know, for a drought on the fields and the mountains and the grain and the wine and the oil and whatever the ground produces on men, on cattle and on, on, and, and on the labor of your hands. How are you going to call for a drought on the labor of my hands? That means I'm out there being a busy, but I'm out there working and working and working and working and working and I'm not getting nowhere. And, and there are times when God calls for a drought on the labor of your hands. Go out there and work. Go do you. Go do all the things you need to do. But if you can't focus on building my house and showing me some respect, some love, put, put, put me in the rim, whatever you bringing in, I have the ability to blow away. Again, don't get mad at me. Read the Bible yourself. Turn to the book of Haggai and you read it because this is what the prophet was saying to the people after they return. So, what you may not know is one of the few times in the Bible where the people actually responded positively to a prophet. This is actually one of few examples in the Bible. So they did respond positively and began to build. And they kind of threw some things together. You can read it into it a little bit more, but they kind of, they were, they started to build, but wasn't looking quite like it need to be, but they was doing something. So let's get into chapter two and see, well, what was the problem? Okay, God, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. So uh, in chapter two, just trying to see what part I'm going to read in here because I wouldn't plan on talking this long. Um, I'll just jump down to verse two because this is basically after they were building. Ask them, who of you is left? Who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? But now uh, be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, um, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Um, and work, he's telling them to work. For I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I covenant with you when you came out of Egypt. And my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. Okay, let's get on into some things. Uh Verse six, this is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and the desire of all the nations and the desire of all the nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. Listen to verse eight. The silver is mine and the gold is mine. You mean what we out here trying to get God? God owns it. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord. 
Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord um, Almighty. And, and in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. So he's predicting, he's prophesying what's going to happen. But now let's watch this. And verse 10, blessings for a defiled people. Uh-oh. Here we go. On the 24th day of the ninth month in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai. Hmm, let's see what's going on now. This is what the Lord Almighty says. And then he goes on to give two examples about if somebody touches a dead body and then they touch the food, is the food not basically unclean? And he gives another example that says um, if someone, um, uh, let me see here. It, he says, it, it, let me just read it because I, I don't want to mess it up. He says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Ask the priest what the law says. If a person carries consecrated meat in the fold of his garment and that fold touches some bread or stew or wine or oil or other food, does it not become consecrated? The priest answered, no. Then Haggai said, if a person de defiled by contact with a dead body touches one of these things, does it become defiled? Yes, the priest replied uh, in verse 14. Then Haggai said, uh-oh. So it is with this people and this nation in my sight, declares the Lord, whatever they do and whatever they offer there is defiled. Uh oh. So wait a minute. They were doing some things they were trying to build. But the issue is there was no change in heart. There was a lot going on. And I even wrote some notes down here that if, if you don't humble yourself and if you don't show justice to others, if you don't walk in faith, if you're doing things half heartedly, then what you're doing is in vain. So now I'm going to jump to verse 15. Now give, give careful thought to this from the day on. Consider how things were before one stone was laid on another in the Lord's temple. Verse 16. When anyone came to a heap of 20 measures, there were only 10. When anyone went to a wine vat to draw 50 measures, there were only 20. I struck all the work of your hands with blight, mildew, and hail. Yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. From this day on, from this 24th uh, day of the ninth month, give careful thought to the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Give careful thought. Is there not any seed left in the barn? Until now, the vine and the fig tree, the pomegranate and the oil tree have not borne fruit. From this day on, I will bless you. So, again, the, you got to kind of follow what was happening it is the people's response and then the prophesy that was given over them. And God is just reminding them that I'm the one that struck the work of your hands when your heart wasn't in this, when you were not when you were walking in disobedience, when you were not focused on my house, but focused on your own. Now, if you go down to verse twenty nine, um, uh I wonder, should I keep reading this? Because this is pretty much the end of it. Um, in verse 21, he says, Tell Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, that I will shake the heavens and the earth. I will overturn royal thrones and shatter the power of the foreign kingdoms. I'll overthrow the chariots and their drivers, horses, their, their riders will fall by um, each by the sword of his brother. On that day, declares the Lord Almighty, I will take you, my servants, Zerubbabel, son of Shetel, declares the Lord, and I will make you my signet ring, which is almost like kingship. And he says, for I've chosen you, declares the Lord Almighty. So let me kind of wrap this up so this makes sense. Um, the people were focused on their own paneled houses. We're not building the house of the Lord. Haggai comes along and says, you guys, we, we come on. What about God? 
We got to focus on him. So the people began to build actually had a good response. But, you know, there was a lot of opposition that came to them over those years because they were building. uh, They started in about, uh, I guess, 14, 15 years later when they picked back up. There was so much opposition that was coming against them. And that's why I said, read Jeremiah. You got to read like the whole thing. Um, But there was so much opposition came to them that they 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 were um, I don't I don't know the word to use, but not as focused on building as they should. And so it really wasn't quite going the way they thought it would go. But they were doing it, but not as they should. And God is just basically coming along and saying, I'll be with you. But but don't do things half heartedly. If you're going to give to me, give if you're going to be faithful, be faithful. So what 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 I want to wrap up in this book of Haggai, which is a very, very, very good book in the Bible is what about God? He keeps his covenant and his promises to us. That's why it ends with talking about Zerubbabel and how he's going to make him like his signet ring. Zerubbabel was from the lineage of David. I'm trying not to get too deep into this, but the bloodline of David and God is saying, hey, I'm still going to bless you. I'm not going to leave y'all hanging out there. I'm still going to bless you. I'm still going to honor my promises. But, but, But can you honor me and love me? What about me? All through the Bible, it's a beautiful story of God blessing people. People forgetting about him once they're blessed. People start worshiping foreign and other gods all through the Bible. Just read your scriptures, read any, any story, go through the old Testament, read the whole thing. And there's a constant rise of nations. You know, God is with them. People forget about God. People start focusing on themselves, start worshiping other gods, start not listening, not heeding to his warning. Then there's the fall. Then there's a rise of another nation or another kingdom. And it's just a constant throughout the entire Bible. That's how it goes. It's like this, this amazing, beautiful spiritual wave of occurrences up and down, up and down. But through all all of it, what's consistent is God's promises to us that he will be with us. Even in, even, even in, um, uh, what is it? Jeremiah. I said, even throughout the book of Jeremiah, when God was just calling out to them, almost crying, it's a very sad book, the book of Jeremiah. I think that's why he's called the weeping prophet. I think it's Jeremiah that's called the weeping prophet, but it's a very, very sad book because it's the people turning their hearts cold to God. But even through that, when God was saying, here's what I'm gonna let happen. And for 70 years, you're going to be in captivity. He constantly says all through different chapters, but I'm going to return you. But I love you, but you are mine, but you are chosen. So this needs to encourage you and not discourage you that if you feel, hey, you know what? My life ain't quite what it needs to be right now. I need to repent of some areas in my life. I need to at least do something to show God that I care and that his house is important to me. Do that. Do something to show God that he's pertinent in your life. Because his promises to us have always been consistent. He loves you. He cares for you. He desires to be with you, to be close with you. And all he's doing is crying out through the scriptures, crying out through the scriptures. What about me? What about me? Beautiful thing is every example that I know of when people changed and and repented and returned to God, just like that story in the New Testament. I'm trying not to drift when the son went off and, and, and spent all the money and the fortune his dad gave him and came back basically starving and had nothing. What did that father do? That father ran out to him and put his best robe on him and put a ring on his finger and threw a party because he was glad his son returned. He wasn't even mad that you went off and spoiled the entire inheritance and act foolish. Another subject, we talked about that back in the day, but I'm just bringing it back up again. And that, that story is told almost like a parable, almost like a, it's almost like God is showing us, um, or Jesus in that case is showing us that just return to me. 
I'm going to hug you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to hold you. I'm going to forgive you of your sins. Just return to me and focus on my house. So what about me is what this subject is about. Only thing I want you to do is just examine your life, especially for those business people out there, those entrepreneurs, those go getters. Examine your life. I know you may look good and you may be driving a nice ride, nice home, maybe educated, this and that. What about God? Does he have a place in it? And if you feel like, well, Z, that ain't me at all. I'm struggling real bad. I don't have nothing. And in fact, I, I'm, I'm standing in the house with somebody and I don't even own my own car. Fine. Still, what about God? How does his house look? Because when God knows that he has our hearts and he can trust us, he says he, ha- he holds the silver and the gold. There is nothing I believe that he wouldn't give it to us if he knew that he can get it through us. So what about God? Can you focus on building his home and not just your own? I love you all. You know, I do. And I'm not preaching at anyone. I'm no one's preacher. I'm just sharing my own convictions that I don't care what happens in my life and how much God continues to bless me or what he does with my companies or what have you. He has to be number one in my life. His house comes first. And I thank God for the blessings he continues to pour. He has to come first. His house has to look better than mine. So I pray you have the same convictions. I love you all. This is Z with Unlocking Greatness Podcast. Bye-bye.